at a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Chief Executive Officer, Financial Advisor, Justin Klein. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, January 26, 2023 edition, and we are just about done with the fourth trading week of this new year. And that means about to close up shop for the first month. And it's been a good one overall. And we've talked a bit about what those drivers are. But you have to look beyond just one month. You have to understand what to expect going forward. Now, you're never going to have a crystal ball, but it's about putting the odds in your favor. And what happened last month or the last three months should not be your barometer. And too often, that is the compass that most average investors utilize. It's called recency bias. I'm sure you've done it yourself or you've seen people who have a 401k and they get a list of the funds that they have available and they go, they look, they, they get some sort of sheet. I've seen this dozens and dozens of times. They get some sort of performance numbers and they just look at, okay, which ones did the best three, five years, et cetera. And that's their process. And unfortunately, it's not a great process. But understandably, it's a process that is ill-informed because most people are ill-informed about the market. So what this show is about is to help you get more informed, to not be one of the ill-informed many who are just winging it. It's about understanding the history of the market and context and different asset classes and finding opportunities that fit your ultimate risk profile and your goals long-term. Because that's really what this is all about, is hitting those goals of financial freedom. And that's what we're here to help you do. So you've come to the right place. I'm Justin Klein, and I'm here on this radio program and podcast to help you make the most of your hard-earned capital by making good, consistent decisions with your money. So... I encourage you to reach out, and you can do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 888-99-CHART, or during our live stream program from 4 to 5 Pacific time, you can talk to me live. Same number. Now, I've got a lot of material to discuss with you today. One is in regards to putting fear aside and focusing on valuations. Now, valuations are never a great timing mechanism, but they are a metric to help put the longer-term odds in your favor. So we're going to look at where we are today and what parts of the market, what slices of the market are, at least in the longer term, attractive enough to put the likely put the odds in your favor or to put the odds in your favor, right? The odds in your favor doesn't mean that every time it's going to work out, 
but the risk versus reward there is attractive. So we're going to look at that. I also want to touch on a few other things. One is in regards to the SEC's new stance on crypto firms going public. So we're going to look at that. Also, what's happening with small businesses? Are they hiring? Are they firing? We know we've seen a lot of headlines with large, especially tech companies, just consistently laying off workers. But what about the small business? So we're going to look at that. And then also, if we have time, we're going to look at inflation and its likely path going forward. All right. So that's what we're going to touch on on today's program. I also have some voice bank questions to play as well. One is about transferring cash to a Roth IRA and then CVS Health Corp. So we got this all planned for this episode of Invest Talk at 888.99 chart. So let's take a look at the market today. We had another positive day overall. And we are in the midst of earnings season. So in general, it's been beating expectations. Uh, Tesla had a good day after uh, their numbers seemed to beat expectation. Amazon up about 2%, Intel up 1.3%. So overall, you had a generally good day in the market. The U.S. market was up about 1.1%. Mid-cap and small caps, up about 1% on the mid-cap, 085 on the small cap side. So one of those rare days this year where large caps actually outperformed overall. Uh, but once again, continue to be a, a market where upside is the name of the game as we have liquidity being injected into the market consistently from the Treasury General account and not a whole lot or not any uh, debt being issued by the government to pull capital out. And that's why you're seeing some upside in the near term, most likely. So that was the market today. You had gold uh, pulling back just a bit, the dollar getting a little bit of strength. And let's see, the VIX, VIX was down again. So still not a whole lot of indication that this recent move is headed in reverse in this short, short term. All right. So that's the market right now. Now we're going to head to our first listener question at 888.99 chart. Hi, this is Roy, and I'm calling from Fresno, California. I would like your take on the stock ENB is the symbol that's Enbridge Energy. And I would like to know at current prices if you consider a buy hold or sell thank you and i'll listen to the answer on your podcast all right this is enbridge energy and this is a canadian company one of the largest out there with a market cap of 82 billion dollars that's big for a canadian company and they are they, they own a pipeline one of the largest pipelines uh, in Canada to move oil sands as well as natural gas. And they also are Canada's largest natural gas distribution company. And they also own a regulated natural gas utility. So fairly diversified energy name, but it's also a utility. And that's the issue here is it's not pure play. If I want exposure to Canadian oil and gas, you get some here, but you also get exposure to utility. So wouldn't I rather own a pure play EMP company in Canada? Or if I want to own a utility, I go buy a utility company. So you're getting diversity here, and that may be your, your end game, and it's it's fine, it's a good company, nice 6.4% yield. But it's not the best on either side. 
And that's why I would just be looking elsewhere. We own a couple of Canadian oil energy companies that we like much better than Enbridge. And they're pure plays. So that's what I'd be looking for. So I'm going to pass on Enbridge because I don't like that kind of very, very different types of businesses. A utility is very safe, consistent, great. That's what you're looking for. Oil companies, it's all about upside, right? Upside of, and capturing the upside of oil companies, of oil prices and energy prices. You're not going to get that in spades here where you can with others. So I would find an alternative. Now, the stock market is constantly changing, so you probably have finance and investment questions you'd like answered. And that's why I'm here. You set the agenda. So we're taking your calls live on Talk at 888-99-CHART. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know Building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. With total downloads nearing 50 million, each InvestTalk podcast should be one of your key financial planning and educational tools. InvestTalk is a free download, and hosts Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to provide their unbiased guidance and professional analysis developed from real-time data research and years of investing experience. 24-7, rain or shine, during smooth sailing or on rough weather days, the Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. You set the agenda. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy and discipline. Justin Klein is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Now, my main focus point concerns the question about valuation and should you put aside your fear of a recession which is all around the headlines and focus more on the parts of the market that are so cheap that even a recession shouldn't bother them too much because it's mostly priced in. You know, a lot of analysts are looking at that and saying, okay, and, and investors saying, Hey, we're likely to have a recession in 2023. And I don't disagree with that. But if you look at certain slices of the market, the debate around, they're, they're, they're so cheap that the debate around a recession is nearly irrelevant. And so by focusing on those slices, you can set the odds in your favor. And what you have to realize is that when there's been a lot of bad news, more often than not, bad news is a contrarian indicator. Now, when things have been going well for a long period of time and things just starting start to get bad, you know, that's a sign that you know the, the economy's turned. But the economy turned at least a year ago, and things have the headlines have been getting worse and worse. So what does that mean? It means that the market has discounted 
a lot, maybe all of it in certain parts of the market. And if you look ahead, two years from recession lows in the market, 75% of the gains in the market have been posted by the time that recession is over. So by the time everyone says, oh, recession is over, big gains have been already made. So don't wait for good news because you'll probably miss it. And there are parts of the market that are very cheap and there are parts of the market that still remain unattractive generally. Hint, hint, technology still remains relatively unattractive. So the more visible a recession typically is, the more likely it has been discounted in advance. And that's really what you see here. Now, since the peak in January of last year, equities have dropped about 25% till their lows. And stocks have never gone down 25% before recession was about to hit. And it just shows you that hey, this is well signaled in the marketplace. Now, the first sign that we are at relatively attractive levels is the spread in valuation between the most expensive 25% of the market and the, most, and the cheapest 25% of the market. And that spread widens when there's the most fear, and we saw that in October. At the end of 2022, valuation spreads for the S&P were at historically wide levels, landing in the top 25% of historical readings. Now, looking back to 1990, those valuation spreads had higher average returns for the coming 12 months than any other quartile. So that's number one in general. Now, what slice of the market, you know, start to drill down into kind of tighter parts of the market, number one would be mid-cap stocks. And if you look at the relative spread in valuation between mid-cap and large-cap, to the bottom 25%, and the lowest level seen since early 2000s. So the valuations support that you can see mid-caps beat large-caps by double-digit percentage points. Now, this could also mean just large-caps have not come down enough. That's part of it. So it doesn't mean that both have to have positive returns and suddenly uh, mid-caps are going to have these great returns. You could see over the next 12, 24 months, mid-caps up mid-single digits, but large-caps continue to you know, have multiple contraction and go down in value. I think that's probably more the case. Now, you dig in different sectors, basic material stocks. They're going back to data from to 1976, 90% of the time, material stocks have been more expensive. So this is the cheapest 10% they've ever been. And it shows that the sector is likely to outperform the market by about 15% over the next 12 months. That's what the data is saying. What are the sectors? Financial stocks. That's an area that is in the bottom 10% of uh, cheapness in history. And then consumer cyclicals. This is where I'm a bit less bullish on just because I think there's more reversion to the mean there when you're looking at PE ratios uh, as opposed to financial stocks and basic materials didn't have that big boost up uh, nearly as much as those consumer cyclicals. So mid caps, financials, and the, uh, where is it? And basic materials. Those are the good places to be. Now we're heading into a break, so give me a call at 888-99-CHART. 
You're building your financial future, but you must have finance and investment questions. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to provide their unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, good morning, guys. This is Eric from San Diego. Just had a question on CVS today. I uh, got notification that it has fallen below its 52-week low here and just wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were, if it still had room to, to go lower or if this would be a good buying point. But looking forward to the answer, and thanks for everything you guys do. All right, bye. All right, looking at CVS Health, and it did hit its 52-week low yesterday but had a nice, strong bounce back today, up about 2.25%, back above some major support uh, area right around $80, $85, $86. Uh, in change, closed at eighty-seven sixty-seven today, and I think this is a lot of this is worries uh, on the insurance market. Um, but they aren't heavily reliant on Medicare, which is something that is uh, a lot of the other insurance companies. Kind of what I talked about uh, yesterday. Uh, they don't have a ton of exposure on that front, um, and obviously they have their chain of pharmacies and, and drugstores, uh, convenience stores, etc., which is. The vast majority of their revenue, so th- I think that's what's weighing on the stock in the near term. Uh, they have very strong cash flow, trailing twelve months, twenty billion dollars on a three hundred billion dollar market. Excuse me, what's the market cap here? Hundred and fifteen billion dollar market cap. Sorry. So we find CVS attractive, especially down in the mid eighties here. So I'm going to give CVS a thumbs up. We actually own it for clients. Let's keep things moving and play two in a row from our 24-7 Rosa line at 888-99 chart. I've just got a question about transferring either cash or equities from individual taxable account into a Roth IRA. I'm assuming if I transfer cash, it's just going to be deducted from my 6000 cap for the year. But I'm wondering what happens if I transfer shares or a whole position does it get deducted from my max contribution at the value of it at the time i trade it or is there any considerations or things to think about when transferring things over like that thank you guys very much appreciate all you do have a good one good question this is easy you can only fund a roth ira with cash with cash now you can move you can combine iras if you have multiple iras you can combine them all together uh into one, now you don't want to commingle Roth and traditional IRA assets uh, unless you're doing a Roth conversion of some type. Um, but you can't do that. I know a lot of people try to get around that or whatever, but you have to use liquid cash into a Roth IRA. Then you can go buy whatever equities you want, etc. But you need to do it with cash. You can't just transfer the equities in. Thanks for the call. Now, it feels good to take your questions. So we'll play another one. That's three in a row on Invest Talk at 888 chart. Hey, Simon Justin. My name is Vishnu from New Jersey. I want to know what's your opinion on RXD. That's Rackspace Technology. It's RS and Romeo, XS and X-Ray, TS and Tango. Thank you. All right. Looking at RXT, Rackspace Technologies. This is a name that went public in 2020 and has been in decline ever since pretty much it uh, IPO'd in the teens now is at $3 and change. Let's see. 
pulling up some data. Actually, $2.93 currently today. $618 million market cap. And this is all because of earnings continue to slide. When they went public, they were making $0.74 cents a share in 2020, $0.97 cents a share in 2021. Well, 2022 expected to be full year earnings, $0.53, cents, down 45%. And this year, so it's get even worse, only make $0.08, cents, down 85% from last year's earnings. And last quarter, revenues were up 3%, profits down 60%. So this is a, it's a cloud software company, let's just say that. And clearly their business is not as rosy as everyone or the, they wanted uh, it to look back when they went public. And so that's my issue here is their business is just continues to deteriorate. And I, I, ask, I ask why? Why are their operating margins down to 1.2% from 4% back in 2020? Technicals are terrible, below all the major moving averages. I mean, look, any debt? Yeah, they have a lot of debt on their balance sheet here, about 3.3 billion. This to me looks like it's headed for bankruptcy. Simple as that, man. Maybe not tomorrow or next month or next quarter. Maybe not even next year. But I don't like the trends of the business and I hate those debt levels. So I'm passing on Rackspace Technologies. Thanks for the call. Now I'm going to take another break, but I will welcome your questions now. No question is too simple or too complex. We are here to answer whatever's on your mind. You set the agenda on Invest Talk. So give us a call now at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, 
AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. So as long as your questions involve the stock market or general investment topics and definitions, we set no limits. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Justin and I are ready. Are you? Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888-99-CHART. We're going to go to Roberto in San Jose. He wants to talk about Party City, correct? Alberto, excuse me. Hello? Alberto, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. You're looking at Party City? Yeah, um, I know it went and filed for bankruptcy last week, um, mm. so is would it come back as uh, previously I know Hertz also did went file for bankruptcy and it came back will Party City eventually start trading again I know it's not trading now yeah usually what happens is they go through reorganization they negotiate with creditors and the creditors become their shareholders the current shareholders get nothing so yes they'll start trading again but uh, do you own some shares bought uh, a small position um, a couple of weeks back, nothing major. Okay. Yeah, you're probably going to get nothing. Uh, so it's not like, it, yes, it might trade again, but doesn't mean you're the, the owner anymore. means your position as the equity holder currently is very likely to be wiped out. Meaning all the creditors will be the, the shareholders. That's typically how this works. Um, so don't have any saving grace that you're going to get any of your money back. I would go sell it. You're going to get 12 cents a share currently. Uh, and take your losses, take your lumps, and make this have this be a lesson to not follow. I don't know where you got the idea, but to focus on companies who have sustainable business models and reasonable reasonably strong balance sheets and party city is certainly not one of those and that's why they went bankrupt so take this as a lesson go sell it if you can and move on thanks for the call that's a lesson everybody out there don't fall in love with names don't buy something because your friend talked about it or you read an article about it or you saw it on social media do your due diligence. Look at the company's financials. Not just today, but going back in history. 
And historically, Party City has not been very profitable. And then you enter a time where in-person events are not happening very often. So less parties to be planned. And when you have a structural shift in demand for your end products, and you have a lot of debt on your balance sheet, suddenly that debt can no longer be serviced. And that is a recipe for bankruptcy. And that's what happened, happened with Party City. Right. Now pivoting over to another dumpster fire, and that would be the crypto market. And what's interesting here is that there are many crypto names that ha are trying to go public. Companies like Bullish Global, Circle Internet Finance, and eToro. And they've all been filing with the SEC to get approval to go public. And to merge with a SPAC, shocker, right? Special Purpose Acquisition Company. And even companies like Galaxy Digital, which is the parent of uh, GBTC. They've been trying to go public since March of 2021. But the SEC is asking a lot of questions for disclosure purposes. And they have not received the answers that they feel comfortable with. And it's got even worse since the bankruptcy of FTX and the bear market in crypto assets. Now, crypto firms say digital assets aren't securities. Well, the SEC begs differ, and most importantly, the SEC chairman, Gary Gensler. Now, the SEC says it has to feel confident with disclosures, and it has to deem the company's disclosure, quote, effective. And their answers so far to those disclosures have not risen to the level where they see it as effective because there's a lot of unknowns within the space. And they've kind of learned their lessons. Look what happened with Coinbase. When Coinbase went public, they, uh, they sent a letter and they asked about 10 different questions. Well, Galaxy, when they went public, they asked 90 different questions. And companies like eToro, where they you can buy stocks on eToro, but that's not the majority of where the revenue comes from. Majority of the revenue comes from trading crypto. 63% of the commissions and interest income comes from crypto as of the first half of 2021. So the SEC's job, you know, they're not very good at protecting investors. This is an easy target. So I think it's a time where you're kind of cut off. The whole industry is cut off until there's more stability and understanding what happened to FTX, how to bring in safeguards, et cetera. They don't want another Coinbase. Coinbase went public, it was hit a $425 a share. What is that now? 53, and that's after rallying dramatically recently. So the good thing is, Hey, SEC is waking up. The bad news is the horse, in many cases, has already left the barn. Let's go to Richard in the Bay Area looking at Archer Daniels Midland. 
Hey, Justin, I own it, and I'm wondering if it's stopping now and maybe it would be a good time to sell it and move on uh, to something else. Uh, Tied into that question, like, are agricultural commodities, um, are they, like, so do they perform similarly to material commodities? So I understand that material commodities, probably there's going to be high demand on for the next five, ten years because of many factors. Uh, but do you anticipate agricultural commodities to follow the same pattern? No, no, I don't. Uh, they're, they're very different, right? These are would be soft commodities. That's what grains are, are typically, right? Your, your agriculture are typically soft commodities, whereas metals and mining are your, your harder commodities. Uh, so very different supply demand dynamics around the world. And Archer Denium Midlands, well, good. I think their business is, is waning. You can see that earnings this year is supposed to drop 15% and then down another 3% next year. And so it's rallied dramatically from the March 2020 lows around 30 bucks to 84.90 today. And that's after falling 14% uh, off its recent highs. And technically now it's below all the major moving averages. It's consolidating bearishly, probably for another move lower. So I don't lump it in with the metal and mining space, which is probably the most attractive within the basic materials area. So I would be selling it and moving on. Thanks for the call. Thank you. No problem. Now, there's no denying that this is a new market environment, uh, but you can't wait to make your adjustments. Time will march on and Eventually, one day, retirement will come, and either you will make the proper adjustments or you won't. And so successful investors need to make the adjustments that fit their ultimate goals, the risk tolerance levels, and the current market conditions in order to build a financial future that they can have confidence in. So if you need help understanding whether the path you're on aligns with all those factors, well, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our company, KHP Financial, where we practice parallel investing and we invest right alongside our clients. And we operate the same philosophy, which is independent thinking and shared success. So I encourage you to reach out for our free portfolio review assessment via telephone or go to meeting. Just send us a message through investtalk.com or give our office a call at 800 557 Five four six one. The sooner you reach out to us, the sooner we can help get your portfolio optimized. Now, this is Invest Talk, Steve Peasley, and I thank you for participation and helping us achieve over 49 million downloads since our beginning. And that's thanks to you. So next up, we're going to play another listener question from 888 chart So hang on. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know Building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. InvestTalk is a free download. Your participation makes it unique. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Justin and Steve. This is Tony from Louisville. I was wondering if I could sneak two oversold stocks into one question. Are these good buys at today's prices? One ticker symbol is PPC for Pilgrim's Pride Corporation. 
and the other is HD for Home Depot. Hey, thanks for all you guys do. Bye. All right, two different types of companies. Pilgrim's Pride produces prepared and fresh chicken here in the U.S., Mexico, and Puerto Rico. So their business is relatively consistent, although the the price that they get for the what is essentially a raw commodity does go up and down, and they're a price taker. So in general, not a fantastic company uh, to own, but near term, I think it's do it's going to do relatively well. But I don't like the historical profitability return on assets, only around 4 or 5%. Not fantastic. And they do have a decent amount of debt on their balance sheet. So long term, I would probably pick Home Depot over Pilgrim's Pride. But near term, I'd probably pick Pilgrim's Pride. Why? Because Home Depot is set for, I think, a continued slump in earnings. This year, earnings are expected to be up 7%. I think that's wildly optimistic. Yeah, there's a lot of pent-up demand for a lot of people trying to get things done over the past couple of years. But the flip market, where Home Depot gets a lot of its demand, that's almost dead. Because prices are going down, the cost of carrying the home are, are much higher. And prices for those homes haven't come down there very much. So they're going to lose the vast majority of that market. So you continue to see analysts downgrade earnings for Home Depot. And sales growth continue to slow. So that's why I would, frankly, I'd pass on both of them. Home Depot is a much better company longer term but I think there's just more reversion of the mean set because this is a housing market that isn't turning around in the next quarter or two. You're going to get little bumps up and you've seen that recently with rates come down a little bit. You're getting a little bit of life in the housing market, but still meager compared to the sales trends pre-pandemic. And Home Depot remains relatively expensive compared to its historical valuations. And Pilgrim's Pride, I just don't love the inconsistency of its business, even though it's consistently profitable, but that vacillates widely. So I'm going to go no one either. Thanks for the call. Now let's touch a bit on small businesses. And what's interesting here is with all the layoffs in corporate America, especially the tech industry, small businesses remain big net hires. Since February of 2020, small businesses, those are locations with 250 employees or less, have hired 3.67 million more people than, la than they've laid off or have quit. Larger companies, over 250 employees, have cut a net 800,000 jobs during that time. And this is interesting, interesting to me. Because you would think it would be the opposite, right? The companies, those big companies getting PPC money, cheap capital, for the most part, you would think 
they'd continue to hire. They'd be the bedrock of our economy and our job market. That's not the case. And this is something the Fed certainly is keeping an eye on because they want to break the market a little bit. But the small business is mighty strong. And according to the Small Business Administration, small business generated about two out of every three jobs over the past 25 years. And right now, small businesses account for 78% of U.S. job listings. And what's interesting here is it's getting worse, that spread between the large companies and the small ones. Why? Because small businesses, they're used to not having easy access to capital. The large businesses, not so much. So now that it's harder to issue bonds, more expensive to, you can't really issue shares very easily in the equity markets. Those large corporations don't have that easy flow of capital. And so I think the years of the big guys beating up on the little guys, evening the playing field with these, this higher interest rate environment, which I think is very interesting. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here each and every weekday is to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So if you're going to call, you want to do it right now at 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Paige. I wonder if you could tell me your thoughts about Otis Worldwide. Otis Worldwide in the current climate, O-T-I-S. Back in 2020, you let us know that it was going to IPO, the elevator company. And I've kind of been curious to watch it since then, um, wondering what price you would consider buying it and where it fit in the current cycle. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, this is Otis Worldwide. And yes, this is one of the largest manufacturers of elevators, escalators, and other moving products. And about $34 billion market cap, fairly minimal debt considering its size. Nice 1.4% yield, payout ratio that is only around 36%, which means there's some room for that to increase. And they have a very consistent business. Operating cash flow trailing, trailing 12 months is about $1.4 billion, although that has been trending lower from its 2021 peak, which is about $1.9 billion. So that's one worry. And if you look at its earnings, revenues last quarter, last two quarters were negative, uh, and earnings continue, earnings growth continues to slow. So I do think it's a bit expensive. Uh, I like the company. It's certainly on our watch list. But I think it's on the expensive side, considering where earnings are and where they are likely headed. And I worry a lot about the office market. So how many new elevators are they selling? And, you know, because a lot of these elevators, escalators that go into commercial properties, big office buildings, malls, etc. That's slowing down in a big, big way because there's going to be a glut of commercial properties out there. Now, 
there's definitely going to be a lot of companies or, or, or properties that are being retrofitted and changed based on the our changing economy, right? More towards more towards uh, residential uh, and away from your strip malls, for example, and your traditional malls. And the demand for things like luxury apartments, which a lot of them have elevators in. So I think you're near the top of the cycle, and I think it's not going to be great for Otis over the next few years because it's pretty tied to real estate and in a lot of ways commercial real estate and multifamily real estate, both markets that I think are ready for disappointment as opposed to upside surprises. So it's definitely a name that's on my watch list as the largest global OEM manufacturer of elevators. And they do make money off of services, so servicing elevators, and that's consistent, and that's why I like that. But the big part of selling elevators, escalators, I think that is ebbing. So a name to keep on your watch list, but you're in the wrong part of the cycle to be buying this. Now let's fit in another caller question right now at 888 chart Hey guys, I was looking to make a play on nickel as it seems as if there is a supply shortage. So I was looking at BHP Group Limited, ticker BHP. Want to know what you guys thought was? So yeah, I'll always come to podcast. Yeah, looking at BHP, one of the largest globally diversified miners in the world, huge market cap, $180 billion. And I like the idea of a nickel play. The problem here is that it's such a small percentage of their business. I forget exactly. I haven't looked recently what a percentage of their business is. But this is very well diversified, right? They have onshore oil and gas assets. Uh, what else do they have there? Iron ore, copper, metallurgical coal. And I would be buying it more for that than nickel. It's, it's a nice little boost, but it's such a small percentage of their overall revenue. But it's a good way to get some exposure. Um, unfortunately, with nickel, it's a difficult thing to get a pure play. There aren't really pure play nickel producers that are in safe jurisdictions, that are listed on major exchanges. It is not a great way to get exposure there. But as your broad exposure to commodities and basic materials, not a bad place to be. Not our favorite within the space, but definitely a good one. Now, I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about a free podcast download which they can find anytime at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And please, sure, please be sure to rate and review on iTunes as well. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. 
Steve Peasley is president, and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.